0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lessons for Life podcast. I'm Troy Hudkins with Jeremy Littell, my guest today. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, I just met you through my wife, kind of. So uh, not that my wife even knows you, but <laughs> I'm across you, and I thought it'd be great to interview you. So maybe we could start with uh first question I always ask everybody. Who is Jeremy Littell?
1: Who is Jeremy Littell? Well, I am a 42-year-old guy from the Midwest. I grew up in, uh was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and then moved throughout Wisconsin most of my life and then ended up here in Minnesota. Um, pretty small town guy for the most part and loves to be around family and friends and uh, The guy that likes
0: to make people laugh nice right on that's awesome yeah that's where my wife saw you she saw some of your videos that you put out with your jokes and stuff she turned it on to me and I got interested so (laughs) yeah I watch a lot of your stuff so growing up as a youngster who do you think from your family had the biggest influence on you and what what kind of influence did they have?
1: Well, it was definitely my dad. Um, my dad worked for a company called Home Juice, which was a juice company that uh, delivered door to door, like kind of like a milkman. He was the juice man, and he would deliver to homes and then also to the bars and restaurants. And I would go on uh, ride on his route. I started when I was three years old and I got to know the people on the route and it was fun getting to interact with all of these different people and it really instilled um, salesmanship in me. Um, I've always been a salesman um, through, I mean, for every one of my jobs that I've done, I've always been some type of sales and um, my dad has really helped shaped that in me and um, all through growing up um, I used to work I don't know if you're familiar with Menards um, which is like a Home Depot Lowe's um, yeah. I worked there in the uh, building materials and worked as in sales there for many years and then I worked as a loan officer in sales and and uh, you know to where we are now uh, with our own company um, which is marketing and sales as really
0: well <laughs> <laughs> right yeah awesome that's awesome. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do. You have to sell it. Right. Yeah. Right? It
1: can be anything. Yeah. anything. And, yeah. And what I've learned is you're, it, it doesn't matter what you're selling. You're, you're basically selling yourself. And if you have the gift to gap, which I do, I can, I can talk to people. Like I was saying, one-on-one I can talk to people all day long. Um, and if people like you, they're going to buy from you. Um, there are, Thousands of jerky companies out there, and people buy from us because we have the best customer service. We're able, we're I'm available, and and I think nowadays people want more of the. I want to be able to talk to someone. I want to be able to not have a. Computer on the phone. I want to be face to face. And so we try to do that as much. I try to do that as much as possible to be able to, uh, you know, get our feet on the ground the and be able to talk to people. Uh, nice. I think that's very important still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just actually, my last interview I just did was with my cousin who was in radio and he started out as a disc jockey and then went over to sales because that's where the money is. Right. Right. And he was, he, he, related a story to me where um one of one of his other people that were in his office used to deal with this company all the time large contract and would never really get much out of them and then he got in and ended up meeting with this these people and they signed like immediately like it was just incredible pretty amazing yeah, yeah. so yeah if you can talk and people like you they tend to go towards
1: and and that's in relationships uh, so i used to have to uh get in people's cars and ride along with them and and help them you know promote products and when you get when i would get in their car the first thing that i'm doing is i'm looking all around their car and and trying to see things that they would like and things that they want to talk about like if they'll have like an emblem of the green bay packers or if they have something that shows that they like like to hunt or do i will. Try and bring up some common ground and be able to talk to them. And once you get people talking about themselves, they really that wall kind of comes down, and you can really talk to people. After yeah, a yeah.
0: So. But but if you bring it up wrong, like if you say, "Oh, sorry about your Packers."
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that would imply that you're not a Packer fan, and then they don't want to hear about that. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So outside of your family, do you have any friends or or somebody that played a big role in your life? Some some sort of impact that made you who you are today.
1: Um, I've always been pretty real, real close with my family. Um, I, I there wasn't really anyone. I mean, I, I guess I would say like old employees. I mean, employers. Like I, when I was in high school, I worked at a bakery, and I was the. It was like the most sought after job because you're you're making donuts and you're baking stuff and you and everybody wanted that job. And my boss there, Sherry, was awesome. Like she like really was like an older sister to us and um, really helped. It, she kind of kept us out of trouble um, because we we would work every friday and saturday like every friday we had to be there from six until two in the morning and then saturday night we would be there from like um 7 p.m until two in the morning as well so we weren't really going out at all on the weekends, and so we kind of got to get like our work ethics installed and instilled in us and um she, she, was, yeah, she was really awesome it really helped me form who i am as far as uh discipline and and being able to you know be part of a team
0: nice so part of a team do you you did you play sports growing up
1: I did not um I'm not very um athletically inclined I guess you'd say (laughs) Uh, I was the biggest supporter though I would be at all of the the sporting events um would it be uh, volleyball, wrestling, basketball. I was there to support all of my friends. Um, I'm short. I'm, I'm five foot four. And I was, I lifted weights and I did a lot, but I did a lot of fishing and hunting and, and anything outdoors I, I'd love to do. Um, but no sports and me, I really, I didn't get along too much.
0: Okay. So, so your bakery, you, your company there, you mentioned a team. So what, have you learned in your life from being part of a team or a team environment?
1: Um, Well, I've learned that, you know, as as part of a team, you all have your own roles um, and things to do and that you really need everyone needs to play their part Um, here at work in my own business. Now I've got myself, my vice president, my sales manager, my warehouse manager, and then my online, there's only five of us, my online guy. And each one of us plays a different part, a different role in the company. And if you take one of us away, it's not going to run smoothly. And so um, we each bring something to the team and are able to I mean, run, run very smoothly because everybody knows what they need to do. Um, and I, it helps me a lot because then I just have to be knowledgeable. I mean, I'm – I'm knowledgeable in everything, but I don't have to pay as much attention to, to certain aspects when other people are performing, on their, I mean, on, on their, their own duties and tasks. It really helps as a team to, to be able to grow a lot quicker than if you were doing something on your own.
0: Right, right. Okay. Um, education, how important is education, do you think, in your well, life?
1: Formal education, I don't think is for everybody. Um, as far as like a college education um, is not for everybody. In sales, um, I was actually in, in everything. I was talking about this. My, my wife is in school. Uh, she's a, a translator for Spanish-speaking kids in the high school. And there is a job that is coming up that... Um, where she could be teaching because we have a, uh, it's called a, a SLIPA program, a Spanish language immersion program for everyone and for the starting out with grade school kids in, in our city. And in order for her to get that job, she would have to go to school and get her teaching degree. Well, for me, she's got 15 years in experience of, of being. Fluent and and teaching in the system, um, but without that degree. And in my that's opinion, not it, it is about money. It's about money. In my opinion, if you have experience that is equivalent to your degree or above, I would much rather have that person on my team that has experience than anyone that's coming out of college and and has never had their foot on the ground. And, and that's
0: how it's it's
1: terrible. Um,
0: it's it's that paper, that diploma. Yeah,
1: no, that. yeah, yeah. That yeah, they, you got to have to the, the show that you you know that you're you're able to go through it, and uh, in order to get that degree. But it's it's hard because um, I'll deal with with um, buyers. So say a buyer of a, at a company that want that we want to buy our product. Well. They'll look at our product line and they have never been out on the road. They have never once stepped foot into a bar or a restaurant or a convenience store and know what they would want on them shel- on their shelves. They would do it based off their own. Well, I don't think something like that would sell. And so I'm not going to order that. Right. I, I, I think that everyone needs to have some type of experience in order to be able to move up in, in a position. Um, and that's again what i'm saying as far as education i think hands-on education is a lot more important than that yeah that degree that diploma in in my eyes now i'm 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 a salesman though. you know i i and for me it's it's different than different i mean i I, I would not want a, a doctor to say, okay, you've got good experience there, uh, but you don't have a, you don't have your license, but yeah, you know, I think you can do a liver transplant. You'd be pretty good at it.
0: Though. I mean, there's
1: certain professions <laughs> right. that you got to have, but in my line of work, it's more about experience.
0: Right. And, and that's like, I always ask it. Do you, what do you think carries more importance school classroom or, or life lessons? Right. But, I think we all need some classroom training.
1: True. Yes.
0: But yeah, depending what you're going into, definitely you you tend to get life experience or you get some more training, right? Right.
1: Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What is one thing in your life that you've done that you're most proud of?
1: Uh, My kids. My kids are everything. Um, I have three. Uh, we've got a, a nine-year-old, an almost a seven-year-old on Wednesday, and a three-year-old, and I love them to death. Um, to be able to have the, and they're all healthy, and they're all smart, and they're all, I mean, it's just to be able to watch them grow and to be a part of their lives is is huge. And they're getting to the point where they want to be a part of what I'm doing and and um it's it's awesome. Yeah, I think cool I'm most proud of, of my, my groups.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um yeah, I have I have six kids and eight grandkids. So yeah. yeah, they're amazing. They're all amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh let's see. Friends, do you have any friends that you've been really close to over the years? That you know, someone that you could just say any given time just call and say, "Hey, I need a hand" or "I need I need you" or whatever.
1: Yeah, my my vice president, John Lorenz. He and I met in 2008. Uh, we were working at the bank together, um, small bank. We were the only ones in there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a really small bank. I and mean, we did everything. We did certificates of deposit. We did uh, consumer loans. We did mortgages. We did everything, uh, just me and him. And um, so we got to know each other very well. And uh, I was only there for two years. I was there from 2008 to 2010, and then he had stayed there, and I came to work for my dad in 2010. But we became best friends. Um, In 2013, he came to work here for me. And uh, yeah, at any given time, it wouldn't matter what, 3 o'clock in the morning, he would. And the same for me. We're we're stronger than brothers.
0: Nice. It's it's a really, really good bond that we have. How important do you think it is to have good, positive relationships in your life? Oh, it's, it's great to have
1: that. And you and you need to have someone that you can, especially in my position with, with a business and, and other things that are going on, you need to have someone that you can talk to about everything. I mean, whether it be good or bad, whether someone would be like, dude, you're, you're messing up or, you know, you're, you're, you know, that's, you're doing really well and but we should be doing something differently what you've got to be able to have that open dialogue where you can speak speak freely um with each other um because it'll help you both grow um and and it's to be on the same mindset and to be with someone that is you know have the same type of direction and goals and and wanting to grow um is awesome and you don't I don't think you'll find but like one or two people like that in your home. Uh, right. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, I haven't. And but it's great to have.
0: Someone someone that you can talk to that you can keep it real.
1: Yeah, 100 yeah. percent Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it you can talk about anything. I mean, you can talk about hemorrhoids if you had to. I mean, it wouldn't right. matter. <laughs>
0: anyway. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know why they call them hemorrhoids. They should call them asteroids. There you go. That's just yeah. me.
1: You know, right. exactly. um,
0: said that at the at the pharmacy one day, and the guy behind the counter just about died. Lost it. Yeah. Um, oh, so where was I going with this? Uh, family. So you've got three kids, you've got a wife, you, what's, what's the biggest part of family that you think is most important?
1: Spending time with your family. Um, not, it's like, you don't want to miss those firsts. Like, and, and for me, I, I saw a young family, And so like, we were like, you know, the first, first words, first walk, first, talk first, um, soft baseball game, um, learning how to swim, you know, teaching, being there, just being there. Uh, We go on vacation, and that's stuff that I didn't really do as a kid. We never really went on. When we would go on vacation, it was far and few in between. I only remember like two. Um, My kids, we go to Mexico every year, and That's another thing is where you have, where I have to teach my kids that they're they're not entitled to everything either, you know, and, and, and so it's being there to be a positive role model for my kids. Um, and also, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have to be their friend all the time. You know, my job is to, uh, raise my kids so they're not assholes, uh,
0: right so
1: it's it's it's, i I just think though that especially with today's world um to be as present as i can in their lives
0: nice awesome of of all the things your mother and father did or taught you as you grew up what is one thing that you would want to take to instill in your kids
1: Um, I
0: don't forget where you came from.
1: Um, you need to still stay humble. Um, I grew up dirt, dirt poor. Um, you need to stay humble and give as much as you can back to someone else because someone gave to me and someone, you know, allowed me to, to, to see where, where I could go, you know, what, what I could do. Um, as far as my abilities and if you are acting like you're entitled and that the world owes you something you're never going to make it you, you will never you'll never be happy because you're always if you're always feeling like you're entitled to something you'll be entitled to something more and more and more and more you, you're always going to feel like like not, not happy you won't feel I'm not saying complacent, but I uh, can't think of the word right now. Satisfied with your life. And, and so I guess, you know, stay humble, stay kind, and, you know, try and give as much as you can. You know, it, for me, it's, uh, you know, with, with my TikTok thing, my goal is to make at least one person smile or laugh that hadn't that isn't really getting that at home or, you know, through, through so many things that are going on in their life, that as long as I can give you that smile or that laugh, then my job is done on that. On that
0: nice. Awesome. What inspired you to do the TikTok thing?
1: Well, that's kind of a long story. Um, about four years ago, down on a family vacation down in Mexico, I was in the pool playing catch with one of my boys. And I was noticing around the pool that anyone that was 25 and up was in the pool hanging out and having fun. Anyone that was like 25 and younger was sitting by the side of the pool but looking at their phones. And I'm like, well, they're on social media. I have a business and I'm not on social media at all. So, I'm like, well, I need to get on Instagram. So I went home and I made a promise that I will post three times a day until I start to establish some notoriety of being on on Instagram. I started with like 150 followers and within four months, I was up to like 8,000 and I talked to a a NASCAR driver that wanted me to sponsor him, a world record um, jet skier a world uh, long surfboard record uh, I mean all, all these people started talking to me and it was like okay I found my niche it's like outdoorsy I'm gonna be like an outdoors type type thing and so I started sponsoring NASCAR I started doing um, things with people that you know hunted and fished and sent them you know products that uh, you know help promote us and I eventually I was growing and growing and I think like in 2019, um, like June of 2019, I had somewhere around 18,000, 19,000 followers. And I had also spoke with a, a couple of YouTubers that they fished and they were from Minnesota. So we always do this thing in Red Wing, Minnesota every year where we do a catfishing trip and we'll catch probably... In four or five days, we'll catch over you know 150 fish, and probably six flatheads that are over 40 to 50 inches. Big flatheads. I took these guys out, and then one of them posted on TikTok called "Kick Ass Catfishing," where him and his buddy were. And it went by one And he's like, "Dude," he says, "You need to get on TikTok." He says it. He says the algorithm is so big, and you you're gonna blow up. I promise you. So I posted an ice fishing video. This was September 11, 2019. Posted a video, an ice fishing video video, and it blew up. It went viral within, within a couple hours. And wow. then, yeah, and then um, I started doing like little Johnny jokes. Um, we we were driving down to Talladega because my uh, NASCAR driver. Was racing that race, and he actually won it. And uh, we were driving down, and we had like a 16 hour drive. And so I was telling jokes the whole way down there, and each video was going viral. I was like, Holy cow, it's crazy! <laughs> and uh, within, I would say within three months, I had like 300 thousand followers, and it continued to grow, and. I was in it for about six months and I'm like, you know, I'm getting bored of it. Um, You know, I'm continuing to grow. I'm I'm continuing to grow. Well, actually, no. September, So it was four months into it. I had a lot of my friends, bigger friends that were, um, their accounts were getting banned for no reason. And so I created a second account where basically I would take my old jokes and I would tell them, on my second account. And within three days, I grew to 150,000 followers on my backup account, just telling little Johnny jokes. So that was four months into it. Well, then I'm like, you know, I'm getting sick of this. I don't know if I want to continue to do it. And I started to get a lot of uh, emails and direct messages on Instagram where I'm Helping people with PTSD and depression. And I had nice. one, one guy that had said, I was going to watch five videos today. And at the fifth video, I was going to end my life. And I watched your video and it made me laugh so hard and it made me realize that life was like, precious in my head, and I couldn't do it. So I'm like, all right, now I have a purpose. I have a, it's not just me telling jokes and doing this. I have a purpose to, to do this. Make somebody laugh. Yeah. And so, I, so then I continued. And then last year, March and April, when COVID hit, I, I had never promoted the business at all, never promoted it. Well, we dropped 80%, like all of our sales dropped 80%. And I, so I didn't know what to do. At that point in time, I had reached a million followers on TikTok. And so I went on for the first time, it was April 23rd. And I, I said, Told them you know what happened. And I don't know if any of you like jerky, you do or you don't. If you know somebody that does, here's my website, check it out. Um, we're hurting and we could use any any help. Within four hours, it was like a freaking slot machine going off on our Shopify. Ding, 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 ding. We had we had um over 2500 orders in 10 days. Wow. save and we had everybody here at work all five of us plus the families like uh, all of our families were, were coming in helping um, just to keep to keep us going I mean it it was it was awesome we all came together and it, and that's with like everybody here is part of a team like we are so close and that them being here allows me to be able to do the It allows me to be able to do the social media. Right. which is now branched out to Instagram where I've got 170,000 followers there. I've only been on YouTube for two and a half months and I've almost got 60,000. I'll hit 60,000 followers on there today. Um, I, it's continuing to grow, but it's with the help of everyone else that I have here that's allowing me to do everything. And I feel so blessed.
0: Nice. That is awesome. Thank you. So- that's that's kind of your story about your beef jerky as well kind of um yeah
1: well that that's like the 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 covid part of it um with the with the jerky that's where my dad started in yeah in 2001 and then when i came on board in 2010 we um added a whole bunch more products um, and, and just grew. I mean, like, an, on an average, about 20% a year um, in growth. Um, we had John on. Him and I would travel so much and continue to grow and added pickled products and Bloody Mary mix. And um, and then we added Chris on. And and, and so we've been... It's, it's, it's great to see it evolve because it started with just my dad and then me and my dad and then another guy. And now we've got people standing around with the same goal in mind and we're it, it, it's awesome um and it's, it's kind of like a family business because we know each other so well and um it's uh
0: it's really good nice that's awesome with regards to what you do and and we talked a little bit about education or life experience how do you know when you know?
1: How do you know when you know what?
0: Just how do you know when you know? <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to relate that to. How do you know when you know?
1: Well, to me, that would be how do you know when you know you've made it, and that's in my and my that that's what I thought of right away. Okay. How do you know when you know you've you've made it? um and i don't think you ever really truly know i got my know was it just today i don't know if it's pollen in here or what um i don't know if you ever truly really know but you i i knew once we started getting recognized when well, we weren't just a novelty item well, we weren't just the the, the two, three items on the shelf and we're bringing in racks of of our products and people are actually calling us to buy our stuff. When people are saying, hey, I got to have that. When it was me going out so my dad had a 2001 Chevy Silverado that I drove that thing around up until 2013 with
0: 380,000 miles on this
1: thing. Nice. Driving it Everywhere, sleeping in the, sometimes in a in a tent in a camp, just just to to get out there and get known. And now, it, and it's and it's helped us to begin the footprint that we are now. I mean, we're in 22 states, and we now don't have to make those phone calls begging people to try it. And what we've always said is, if we could get it in their mouths. We know that they would buy from us, and now it's that's not the case. I'm getting people calling us. I actually and I don't even know what the heck this is about. Uh last was Friday, I got a an email from Troy Link, who is CEO of Jack Links, that wants to talk to me. He says, I just want to introduce myself. He says, Give me your phone number. <laughs> so how do you know when you know? I mean, I guess you know when, when Troy Link, the, the number one guy in the world, is giving you a call. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah
0: he's yeah, gonna 50 sure. billion dollars for your company right, right? yeah
1: but that doesn't uh, I, I one thing I say is do never let today's success determine tomorrow's thoughts or tomorrow's tomorrow's failure or whatever whatever you're gonna do tomorrow don't let today's success think that you can do less tomorrow and, right uh,
0: now now I can sit back and watch
1: yeah. Cause you can't do that, especially in this business, because there's always someone to step ahead of you yep. and you have to constantly be able to grow. And, uh, just, I, I try to tell everyone to stay as authentic as you can, whether it's good or bad stuff coming out of your mouth, just be, just be real and people will
0: respect yeah. that. Yeah. Right on. What is your biggest motivator?
1: Um, my biggest motivator is actually my team. Um, last year, when COVID came and we were thinking we might have to lay people off, um, we don't know. You don't know how quickly it could go away. I, I'm not a manufacturer. Our products are all manufactured um, to our recipes, and they are co back and then shipped here. Um, I'm at the mercy of, of those manufacturers. They want to raise the price. I got to I got to deal with it. Uh, I am motivated to be able to keep my people, my friends happy with what they're doing. And I have, and, and I got to keep them employed. Um, if it came down to it and I would have to let people go, I know that I would still make it, but I don't want to, I wouldn't want let, to let them down. Um, right. So I want to be able to, to continue to grow and, and, uh, have us grow together and have us all be happy. You
0: know? Yeah, right on. What's your biggest fear?
1: Um, I guess kind of in the same token, like I, you think about, you know, Link's calling me, you know, what What he could call up one of my manu- like my biggest manufacturer, and say, hey, I want to buy you out and shut him down. Well, yeah. 40 of those t- people that they were making products for are all of a sudden out of business because, I mean, I, I, we would come up with other things and come up with other outlets and stuff, but those, I mean, those are all like real, real thoughts, um, of you're kind of at the mercy of other people. Now we also, it helps us by not being a manufacturer because the overhead is so minimal. I have, I mean, we hardly have any overhead. Um, but, uh, I just want to, you know, help provide for for them as they provide for me. I, mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them.
0: Right, exactly. My my son started a coffee company up in Grand Prairie, Alberta. Here, he's a firefighter, and he started his own little coffee company called True Heroes Coffee. And he kind of does the same thing you Doug, do. He gets his coffee from a supplier. Yep, flavored to his specs, and then delivered to him, and then he sells it in his town, right? Right. So yeah. kind of where you started, that's where he was starting. Yeah. And so basically, you
1: are a marketer. Is yeah. what it is. Is you're you're marketing your brand, and and with our name like Kickass, it's easy to it's easy to market. Um, we can, we continue to add new products and, uh, yeah, it helps us with the name to be able to market.
0: Right. Right. If you could do or be anything at all without any possibility of failure, what would it be?
1: I think I'm doing both of (laughs)
0: them.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not working. I'm, I'm owning the business. Um, where I have my friends with me I can do come and go as I as I please because we've got I mean these guys are doing a fantastic job plus I'm doing the social media thing where it has bringing me so many opportunities like next month I'm going down to Arkansas to shoot pigs out of a helicopter <laughs> they're paying me to do it um, oh
0: yeah
1: yeah so it's like I, and then next year I'm going to go to res, a resort in Mexico where people get to come hang out with me for a three-day weekend and they're paying me to do that all inclusive to stay. And so it's like, I'm, I'm kind of doing it right now. Um,
0: Dream job.
1: Yeah. I would have never, ever expected it. Um, and it's especially for like the social media thing, I don't fit the mold mold for for YouTubers and, and people like that are like fifteen to twenty five. I'm forty two years old, and I just started
0: this a year ago. So
1: right? Yeah
0: it's I, it's crazy.
1: I guess I got
0: to get on TikTok, chop up my there videos, and put them on TikTok, and stuff.
1: There you go. Yeah, <laughs> anybody can do it. Anybody.
0: Um, what do you do in your spare time to take your mind off things? What's your your relaxing thing? Well,
1: I, this is recent, um, very, very recent. Um, 10 years ago, I sprained my ankle and, uh, I went to the doctor and they, you know, yep, you sprained it and they gave me a, you know, medicine and bandaged it up. And I found out I had high blood pressure. And so I, um, just like, all right, I'm going to have to take those off you know, when I'm, 32 years old and i'm, in, I'm like man i take taken this stuff and um it wasn't until this year actually two months ago um that uh i realized like i'm getting too overweight and then people will tell me like in my videos and and um that i need to you know change that so i started going to the gym again And by going to the gym and lifting and and just, you know, going on the treadmill doing that, it is the only time during the day where I am completely only focused on myself. The only time um, where I am just, my mind is only focused on that and it's, it's only an hour, an hour a day. Um, But it's, uh, it's good for me. It's like a, like a meditating type thing and i'm, and I'm like losing weight and, and i'm hoping to you know reach different goals and and be able to uh you know be a healthier me i also like to hunt and fish and, and and do that as well um but that's also now becoming more of a social media thing where i'm involving other people and so it's like the more things that i'm doing on social media the more my life is not becoming a private thing and i'm having alert learn i'm having to make sure that I've learned to keep some parts of my life still private because I'm, I'm just opening it all lately.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. What one thing in your past do you think has given you your best lesson for life so far?
1: Um, it
0: was young. When I was young.
1: It's, uh, I'm not invisible and I'm not invincible. Um, <laughs> when I was 21, I thought I could drink and drive and do all kinds of stuff. And I thought I was Superman and I got caught drinking and driving. And, you know, I went to, I, I didn't hurt anybody or anything, but I ended up going to jail for a little while. And, and, uh, it was a, it was a real eye-opener. Like you're, you're not, and this is a long, you're not, uh, no all do all and not have any consequences. And so, it was a, a thing that really woke me up as to who am I and who do I want to be and what do I want to do? Um, and, and thankfully I was young enough to be able to kind of, kind of turn that around.
0: Straight, straighten yourself out before it got too late. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. exactly. Or nothing bad enough that you were in there for 20 years instead of a, right. a week. Yeah. Or whatever.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. What's the greatest piece of advice anyone has ever given to you and who gave it to you? Wow, that's that's a tough one. Huh. Um,
1: you know I wow, put me on the spot with that one. Uh, <laughs> I I think it, it it's most of it, everything has come from my dad. And like him and I are so much alike that, oh, uh, we've gotten in this, like, tussles. I mean, it, there's been pushing and shoving in, in times and times. It's, um, and, it, and it, it still boils down to don't forget where you came, and don't forget who you are. Um, being that we're a self-made company, um, and uh, my dad had really, um, went from bare bones to, to where we are now. Um, it's, uh, his advice is you gotta work for everything that you have. And not, There's nothing in life that's free. And there's people that there's everyone out there that'll promise you something for free. And you can get this and that, and a and get w- rich quick scheme. And, and it, there's nothing like that that's out there. So if you work hard for something, And you make it yours, you're going to appreciate it more, and you're going to take care of whatever that is. And I think that's been my dad's pretty much motto on his life and has really put that, instilled that in me. And that's where I was saying before, I have to make sure I instill that into my children because they, and I go back to like the Cosby show. I don't know if you watched that when um, it was Cliff, was talking to Theo, and Theo was saying how he's rich and how we, we're rich and we got all this. And he said, Boy, you don't got nothing. You've got nothing. You are not rich. You have no money. You have nothing. Those clothes are mine. And so I really are working and working on my kids to just just instill on in them that they're not
0: privileged. And it's yeah
1: yeah it'll be a process
0: that's well you that's a great lessons for them that's that's yeah. awesome what will be meaningful to you in five years
1: um uh, meaningful well that's pretty far ahead to me um meaningful will be again to see the growth of our business um to see where that's going uh, we're we're growing at a very fast rate right now um, you know we want to be adding new employees um, i want to see where the social media thing's going to go um there's talks of a reality tv show nice. this next right. year um there's there's all everything is so, i mean this the last two years of my life has just been a whirlwind and a whirlwind and i you know i it's hard for me to think you know if you had asked me this two years ago, I would have basically would have been, you know, I want to see the business grow. I want to see my kids and what they're going to do, um, of them. Um, but now there's so many other things, the social media. Um, we don't, we don't know where it's going to and I And I'm just running with it, living one day at a time.
0: Awesome. That's cool. What's your idea of perfect happiness?
1: Perfect happiness. Um, it's not having. You want to have enough, enough fear to not go crazy on things, but you want to be able to enjoy the people around you, um, enjoy company of others. Um, People say, you know, if you got money to do things, but I, you know, growing up, I remember like going on canoe trips with my family. We'd go down the Wisconsin river and we would all just go camping and and hanging out. And so to me, it'd be to be together with people that are like-minded, positive people that you can have a good time with. Um, It's not having all the best things, um, but you still, again, you don't want to, you don't want to get rid of all of the bad things because then you won't be able to appreciate it. The good things. Um, so, so yeah, perfect happiness to be just a lot of it with a lot of it with me as family. I grew up with my dad, my dad's side of the family. There was, uh, him and eight brothers. Well, there was eight brothers and one sister. So I had, uh, Seven uncles and and one aunt. Then on my mom's side, there was five, and and so we always there was a lot of cousins and like hanging out. And so for me, that's that's still really important.
0: Makes for an awesome family reunion.
1: Yes. Yeah. Always good. Always good. A lot of fun.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Tell me three words that you think best describe who you are.
1: motivated stubborn and empathetic
0: those are those are those are deep (laughs) they are that's 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 interesting
1: (laughs) yeah i mean so motivated i i am very when i when i get my head into something i am just so I, I I have my horse blinders on. I'm looking straight at it, and I want it. I want to do it, and and I will just go balls to the wall. And that's where I need, I have my team around me, my people, my wife, to keep me grounded because I, my ideas are sometimes so off the wall that are just crazy, and, and sometimes they let me run with them, and, and we do well. A lot of the times, it's like, yeah, we probably should do that. So I'm very motivated. The stubborn thing is, well, when... You tell me no, and I can't get my self gratification when I want it. I get like stubborn and like hard headed, and and I want to um, make sure that I that it gets done. and And if things are not done the way that I think they should be, I'll get stubborn. and, and Until you can prove me otherwise that your way is is better than mine, empathetic is probably my biggest positive and my biggest weakness i will feel for absolutely everyone i cry over everything a song a movie a a, a card i'm 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 always feeling for for another i will get like when someone's feeling sick i'll feel sick with them um (laughs) it's crazy i am just so uh i feel everything um but then People can take advantage of that with me as well um, because they know that um, it can be used against me. But so that explains those three. Surprised I came up with that.
0: So, so you're a big, motivated, stubborn teddy bear, is what you are. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm like a like a Saint Bernard.
0: You're eco, yeah, (laughs) because you can hug on those things anytime you want. And yeah, they don't. Think you know, they just sit there yeah. and slumber on you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. <laughs> picture yourself in a room, and there's a door in front of you. What does your door look like? Describe your door to me.
1: My door. Well, the door that I'm thinking now is is like at my studio. Um, it's a door that that's covered in, in foam, like the um, the sound deadening. Um,
0: Look under it's, your stairs. Yeah, in yeah, your that's what I,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm picturing that door, and and the reason why is it's like to keep the sound out, but it's still there's so much sound coming through, and there's still like the noisiness of the world is still there. And it doesn't matter how hard or what you do to keep the, the noise out. It's still going to get in And It's what you do with that to uh, get positive
0: or negative. Right. That's my door. So open up your door and step through it. What's on the other side of your door?
1: It's going to be my family. Um, Again, my family is so important. And, like when we go to we go to Mexico every year, and and we usually go for like three weeks, and we go to the same resort and those, and the people that come are the same people that we come and we see every year. I got a lot of people that come from Alberta. So most people from Canada. Yeah, most people from Canada, Calgary, Wainwright, um, all most people. Yeah, and um, we see them the same time for those three weeks. and it's like family again um, nice. I am very I, I, I get um, attached to people pretty easily and so for me it's great to be able to be with people and um, just hang out and I, I, just, I just love I love to listen to people and I love to people watch and I love to listen to people's stories and, and, and I don't know I'm just amazed by it
0: awesome that's cool I'm from Alberta. I don't know if I told you that. Well, the I other heard day. you say yeah, 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 I heard you
1: say Alberta,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, see if you could have lunch and a chat with anybody, dead or alive. Who would it be, and what would you talk about?
1: It's, this is problem Have you ever heard of John Prine? I've heard of him. John Prine is a folk singer. Um, he just passed away this last year of COVID, 72 years old, had cancer like four or five times. And I had never, I, I went and saw one concert of his last two, three years ago. It was in Milwaukee. And this guy, so he would have been three, so you was in 74 when he died. This guy was out on stage. 71 years old for an hour and a half straight when all of his band members had went and taken breaks and did this and that this guy just stayed out there and played and played and played and like he had lost part of his jaw and part of his tongue I and mean, he still singing and still doing what he loved and and his songs mean a lot to me because um when my mom was younger or when we were when we were younger my mom would always blast John Prine and clean the house and so we always heard John Prine throughout my whole life and I just I, I, I knew the words to all the songs but I didn't really start listening to him until I got older and now it's like I would really and he's not even I mean he was never even really super famous or anything but he'd be a guy that I would love to just sit that's awesome that is awesome
0: if you had a magic wand and could do one thing for yourself, what would it be?
1: I guess it would be to take away the well to I guess overthink like the overthinking of things. Like I I have everything I want. I don't need. I don't need any more money. I don't need any more um, time. I, I, I have everything. My thought is, I, I'm an overthinker. Like most of the time, like if I'm going to call up a new distributor, and I kn- kind of know what I think they're going to talk about, I will sit there and I will lay out a whole conversation of what I'm going to say and what they're going to respond back with. And I, and I will answer and go through the whole scenario five or six times, and then the conversation isn't anything like what I thought it would be. So I overanalyze and overthink, and I wish I could take that away um, because it—I think it's added stress that I don't need. And so I guess it's pretty simple, <laughs> um, but it's—it for me, it's just it would alleviate a lot of yeah stress in my life.
0: If you could go, if you could write a letter to your younger self, what age would it be and what advice would you give yourself? It would be Mm -hmm. when I was 18
1: years old and I would have said, don't chase that girl to Canada, stay back and buy that house. (laughs) I, uh, I dated a foreign exchange girl from Quebec. And I went and visited her in Montreal and her dad said, Well, my daughter was in your country for a year and learned English in your way. I would like you to come here for six months and learn learn our way of life. I had saved up enough money for a down payment on a line contract house. Either that or to chase her in Montreal. Well, chose the girl. And I had a great time. I had a really great time and I'm still friends with the family still to this day, but it's like, man, I could have had a
0: house at 18. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back and change anything in your life, what would it be?
1: Um, I think it would be my parents. Um, dependency on alcohol and drugs, um, that was pretty hard for us growing up. And it kind of, it took a big toll on our family life. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was five. Um, my, my mom passed away in 2006 because of her her alcohol and drug use. And so if I could rid them of those diseases, that would, that would be Nice.
0: Yes. Awesome. What's your go-to music? Make yourself happy. Make yourself feel good.
1: That changes. Um, I like all kinds of music. Uh, it was funny because growing up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, moving to a very small farm community, my two—I would listen to rap music and country. Those were the two that I would grow up, with. I grew up listening to. And then, and you think about it, they're the same thing, but they're just they had the same stories it's just it's a different style of telling uh, if you think about it so i i um nowadays it's it's mostly um just like what's on the on the radio like pop music that's on the radio but um like going to the gym i like like uh there's like fast-paced music that's there but for like being like Every day is mostly 90s country um, that I'm listening to. Um, it's kind of stuff that I know, stuff that when I was listening to music a lot, that's you know, what it really was. When I was working at the bakery, that's all we had on. And so yeah. I learned you know, that. But again, I'll listen to oldies. I'll listen to, the only thing I don't listen to would be like opera and jazz. Uh, yeah, even some jazz, but, uh, you know, classical
0: it's not something you'd rush up and put on no no
1: but i can i can appreciate most music um nice. and it depends Sounds. on who i'm with and you know what you're doing too um right you're out by a fire you know you can listen to some old you know, cajun music i don't know <laughs> All kinds of stuff. right yeah.
0: yeah yeah so picture yourself stranded on a desert island the device you had plays forever but could only play one song over and over what song would it be
1: that's hard um, you know I think I you wouldn't want it to be too slow but you wouldn't want it to be too, you wouldn't you'd want it to be like so it'd probably be something with like uh Jack Johnson. Um I don't know, bubble toes by Jack Johnson.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Johnson is one of my son's favorite. Yeah. 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 That's, that's I, cool. yeah, I don't know. Cause you'd want it to be mellow, you wouldn't want it
1: to be sad, you wouldn't want it to be too fast. You want it to be something that you can listen to like all different times.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over and over forever. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. So, final question. Jeremy Littell has lived his entire life, accomplished everything he's ever wanted to, done amazing with everything he's ever attempted, has all the experience and learned everything. But when he moves on from this world, he has to take everything with him. No one knows who Jeremy Littell is but you can leave behind three lessons for life, what would they be? Stay
1: authentic. Um, stay true to who you are. Always stay humble because no matter how big you get, stay humble because there's always someone that can that's bigger and better than you are. And... Try your best to surround yourself with positive people that will help you grow. Because you hanging out with negative people will just bring you down and not help you move forward to where you where you need to be.
0: Nice, awesome. That's great. I have, I do have one more question. Okay. I see you have some ink. So yes. Tell me about your ink. Well. When
1: I turned 18, I was—I actually came on a vacation to Winona, Minnesota, where I live right now. And I was living near Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which is three and a half hours away from here. And we had come here, and me and two of my buddies went into town because we were, and I, we went into a tattoo shop, and I said, I need something quick, the cheapest and the quickest thing you can give me. Well, I got Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, like right here. And it was 45 bucks. And so last year I was like, I, I, I was ready to get rid of Charlie Brown. So I am three quarter Irish. And so I got, I don't know if you can see, I got like a Celtic cross right in here. Okay. Like, yeah, and, I then can I, see and, and then there's like, um, it's like cut in, it's like armor that's kind of cut into the skin. Okay. Yeah. Right here is a, a feather that's split open, which means you've been wounded a lot. My, I'm, I'm a quarter Cherokee, and my mom was half Cherokee, and she lived a hard life, so she was wounded a lot. So I did that in, in remembrance of her. And then on the inside, I love Mexico. So I, I, Mexico is our favorite place to go. So I have Aztec warrior. And then I've got the double-headed serpent. So the serpent head here. And then, I don't know if you can, there's a serpent head here. Yeah. So that yep. kind of wraps all the way around. Um, so I had that done. This last, started in October and ended in December. And now, starting in September, I'm getting this whole arm done.
0: That's oh, It's going to be
1: yeah. same type of stuff, but not, not the same. Same idea. But not the right. same it'll be a different type so right um i for me i i don't know once i got this one it was like oh man it, it's like an outlet if the pain feels good and it doesn't and it's just it's just weird yeah You're pretty much
0: yeah. yeah i go yeah. i got one when i was what was i 20 and then i got another one uh probably seven eight years ago and then i got all these ones. Yeah. Right. About four years ago, four or five years ago. So okay. yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I keep telling my wife I want to get another one. So that's a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you got
1: that. Yes. My wife didn't, she's like, you're going to do your whole arm. I said, yeah, I think so. And she said, <laughs> well, you're good. You've already got your mind made up. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, we're good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah ask for forgiveness not permission
1: <laughs> there you go yep exactly exactly
0: right on jeremy appreciate your time uh thank taking you. time out of your day uh anybody that wants to purchase kickass beef jerky get on the website and look look them up and check out their product yeah thank you and again appreciate your time uh hopefully people watching get some insight into your life and some experiences that they might relate to or something like that so anyways thanks again maybe we can do it another time and uh thanks for watching this has been lessons for life podcast i'm troy hudkins and my guest jeremy littell thank you goodbye